Hey yo, welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to the 18th of January 1999. It's the night after Sold Out 99. WCW Nitro comes live from Columbus, Ohio tonight while WWF presents Raw from Beaumont, Texas. Tensions are already high on Monday Nitro. The show starts off with Ric Flair screaming to the other horsemen that Hulk Hogan's a dead man. If you've no idea what's going on here, by the way, I recommend you check out the sold out video uploaded this past Sunday. The NW arrive in their limousine, but Flair smashes a window and the boys drive away. Rick's gonna come down and cut a promo to kick off Nitro, so we're starting off pretty hot this week. Before we start our number one of Nitro, here's this week's Jam Up Guy. Talon went to WWE Raw recently, hoping the corporate champion would show up, but The Rock was busy, unfortunately. Still, our guy represented Reliving the War and Smokey the Kid, which is a million times better than seeing The Rock on TV anyway. Thanks very much, mate, and I hope you had a good time. Okay, sit back, relax, and let's check out some wrestling shows from the Monday Night War. Slick Rick's all fired up as he marches down to the ring and he goes ahead and puts himself in a match against Hollywood Hogan and it's gonna happen at Super Brawl. The title will be up for grabs. This isn't a challenge, Hogan has no choice. The world champion has to pay for what he did to Rick's 19 year old son last night at Sold Out and Flair says Hulk will have to kill the nature boy in order to stop himself from getting killed. Strong words. Flair says Hogan's got kids, he's got a family, Hulk should have known better, and Flair promises that only one man will be able to physically walk out of Super Brawl in five weeks time. Flair calls Eric Bischoff out. Bischoff says he had nothing to do with what happened last night, but of course Rick isn't buying it. Rick wants to fight Bischoff again, Eric says his contract doesn't state he has to wrestle, so to sweeten the deal, Flair says if Eric wins he can shave the nature boy's head in the middle of the ring. Flair's so amped up right here that he wants again elbow drops John Cena. When Bischoff again declines, Flair says Eric can also have WCW back if he can beat him tonight on Nitro, and this right here makes Eric stop in his tracks. Eric's just about to agree to the match, but here comes hard man David Flair, and ooh, he's in a bad mood. I'm out here tonight, cause I know you set this up! David shows us the injuries he sustained at the pay-per-view. He takes his shirt off and yeah, Scott Steiner better watch out. David says that he wants to fight Eric tonight. His dad clearly doesn't want this, but Eric's quick to agree and those stipulations Flair stated earlier will still stand. If Eric wins, Bischoff gets WCW back and Rick has to shave his head. Flair wants to make sure that Eric has something to lose in this match. But if he beats you, we shave your head and your ass. So if Eric loses, he gets both his head and his ass shaved. Lovely. That match is gonna take place in our number 2 of Nitro, I'm expecting terrible things. Next up, we get a match that was booked last night at Sold Out, Chris Jericho vs Booker T. They built up the initial lockup really well, with Jericho getting frustrated with Booker's fancy footwork, and Jericho struggled to get going in the early portion of the match, Booker's on top form tonight. Too much confidence leads the Booker flying out of the ring though and Chris capitalises with a springboard crossbody. Back in the ring, Chris impresses with a vertical suplex and he impresses even more with some good old fashioned chin abuse. Booker gets sent to the outside once again after taking a knee to the midsection and Chris then gets vicious by choking Booker T with some cable. Booker comes back after a jumping clothesline and he also stops a Chris Jericho aerial attack. We then move into Booker T's greatest hits with an axe kick, a spine buster and a Harlem sidekick. Booker T gets the victory after a missile dropkick and hats off to WCW, they put on a good match right here. 
James J. Baby Dylan has a few announcements to make. First, Scott Dickinson has been suspended. It took you long enough, JJ. Bam Bam Bigelow, Goldberg and Scott Hall will face each other tonight in a triple threat match in the Nitro main event, and Dylan also confirms that David Flair vs Eric Bischoff is official. That match is definitely going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. We've got a Stone Cold promo to kick off for all this week. On Nitro, Mean Gene sits down with Rey Mysterio for an interview. Michael Cole reminds Austin that he's the number one entrant this Sunday at the Royal Rumble and Austin snatches the mic away. See you later, Michael. First of all, Austin gives mankind some respect. He says Foley is a deserving champion. But Stone Cold plans on taking the WWF Championship away from Mick this year at WrestleMania. Stone Cold may have a bounty on his head this week at the Royal Rumble and he may be entering at number one, but no one's gonna throw Austin over the top rope. Austin plans on beating Vince McMahon's ass all night long, seeing as Vince enters at number two. And when all the smoke's cleared and after the last person's been thrown over the top rope, Vince McMahon will know that Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Without a doubt, Steve Austin's still the most popular wrestler in the world right now, and he's managing to keep his momentum while not competing as much as he used to. It's still a lot of fun seeing Stone Cold on Raw, and I'm looking forward to seeing Austin and Vince square off at the Raw Rumble. On Nitro, Mean Gene wants to know why Ray didn't remove his LWO shirt like his so-called buddies in the Latino World Order, but Ray says red, white and green are his colours. He's proud of those colours, and he just didn't think the time was right. Ray also says his mask is just as important to him as those colours. He says the mask will never come off and it's now part of his life. Gene wants Ray's thoughts on Lex Luger ripping the shirt off his back and Mysterio says he has no idea what Lex has against him, but if Lex or even Kevin Nash wants to fight then Ray won't back down. Mysterio isn't afraid and he goes one step further by challenging Lex to fight him. You know, this gives a little hope doesn't it? Ray going up against a big name, Lex actually getting involved in a storyline. Our main concern should be the inevitable fumbling of this rivalry, but at least an attempt's being made. I'm gonna remain optimistic. On Raw, the action begins with Road Dog vs Funky Vampire Gangrel. On Nitro, it's David Flair vs Eric Bischoff. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Shut up. Gangrel has a shot at X-Pac's European Championship at the Royal Rumble and a shot at Road Dogg's Hardcore Championship tonight on Raw. Lucky boy. Mr. Dogg's looking some revenge for that bloodbath last week, but it doesn't start well for the champ when Gangrel spits that red liquid in Road Dogg's face. Gangrel breaks a candlestick over Road Dogg's back, and as James makes his early comeback, Michael Cole says Commissioner Shawn Michaels isn't here, but he's still booked tonight's main event. It's Corporate Champion Rock versus Corporate Kane. Ole HBK's trying to cause some problems within Vince McMahon's faction. There's also a two-on-one match later tonight, the Stooges vs China. If DX interferes, every member will get removed from the Royal Rumble match. Road Dogg finds a table under the ring after the two competitors get done fighting in the audience. Gangrel's able to take advantage and it's the roadie who ends up getting powerbombed through the wood, but Road Dogg's able to DDT his opponent on the broken table immediately afterwards. The champ sets up another table on the outside, but Gangrel comes back by hitting his opponent with some broken plywood. He also dips in the Road Dogg's toy box and he finds a plastic garbage can to smack Roadie with. But in the end, Gangrel ends up on that second table, and that table does not want to break. 
Road Dog tries two more times and eventually the vamp goes through. The two get some good use out of the table afterwards with Gangrel taking a suplex on it. Road Dog then hits his opponent with two chair shots and Road Dog retains his hardcore championship. Not a bad hardcore match but the Nitro opening match, Jericho vs Booker T was leagues better. Let's hold up on praising WCW for just a moment though because we've got Eric Bischoff vs David Flair next and I'm not exaggerating here, this may be the worst match in the history of Monday Nitro. I remember this one well because I've laughed at it more than once. The referee checks over the competitors and the bell rings and you know I think David Flair's never been in a real fight in his life because he just offers his face to Eric Bischoff. I know this is pro wrestling but my god, put your hands up man or something. Bischoff lays in a few kicks while David he just, he just stands there. The way David fails to react to everything is truly a sight to behold and it's incredible that Eric Bischoff looks like a pro in comparison. David goes, down, David goes down after an awful looking kick to the head. Bischoff toys with Flair Jr in the corner by stomping on him and standing on his back and, and look at the finish. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that, that's how the match ends. Here, I'll save you from skipping back. Here it is again. It turns out David was holding a roll of quarters and that's why Eric went down so easily, but, but oh my god, it really couldn't have looked any worse, could it? The horsemen come down and it's time to shave Eric's head. Eric ages before our very eyes as his dyed hair gets taken off his head. And right now he's just closing his eyes thinking, my god, I just took part in the worst match in the history of this television show. Eventually Bischoff wakes up and he freaks out when he realizes he just lost the match and his deceptively colored hair. He tries to pick it up and put it back on his head but I don't think that's gonna work mate. We go backstage afterwards and Chris Jericho tells JJ Dillon he found Perry's dress and the sold out match contract thrown on the floor. Chris reminds Dillon that Saturn has to wear that dress for the remainder of his career and Dillon seems surprised to hear this news. Even Mike Tanay shocked and he says Perry should have read the fine print. But Chris did clearly say that Perry must wear the dress at all times so I don't see where the confusion is. Perry shows up, Dylan breaks the news, Perry seems as shocked as everyone else but Mr. Saturn's a man of his word and he will wear that sexy little dress later on in the program. Conan addresses Lex Luger next on Nitro. On Raw, it's Tess vs Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn faces Ken Shamrock for the IC belt at the Royal Rumble and Tess wants to make sure Billy goes into the pay per view in the worst way possible. Billy tells Tess what he can do with his mouth and this was a mistake as Tess goes on offense in the early going. A back elbow floors Mr. Ass but a missed clothesline leads to Billy coming back with a suplex. On the outside, Billy stays in control by rocking Tess's head on the ring steps. Tess also gets his neck dropped over the top rope but Billy finds himself in trouble again following a neckbreaker and a pretty sweet gut wrench powerbomb. Tess looks to end it with a pump handle slam, Billy counters, badass goes for a pile driver but he ends up taking a back body drop. Still, Billy comes firing back with a famouser and that's when Ken Shamrock rushes to the ring. The IC champ doesn't want to wait until the Royal Rumble. Billy ends up getting his ass kicked pretty badly here with Ken taking it to the outside and throwing his upcoming opponent into the announce desk. Ken then applies an ankle lock on Billy on top of the ring steps because this somehow makes the move 10 times more deadly and Shamrock flips out when officials make him break the hold. Tim White takes a pretty nasty bump when he falls into the ring steps and he smacks his elbow pretty badly and Shamrock eventually leaves while threatening fans in the audience with a hammer. 
Billy's been injured, we see him in an incredible amount of pain backstage after the match and I've got no sympathy, that's what you get for mooning someone's sister, you dirty dog. After the match, Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart say they're ready to take on the boss man and Ken Shamrock next week for the tag team championships, but clearly they weren't ready for the boss man and Shamrock to launch an attack tonight. Old Ken's going a bit crazy on this episode of Raw, isn't he? The two teams fight right into a commercial break and when we come back, boss man's now fighting with mankind. These two are scheduled to fight in a hardcore match later on, but it looks like they've started a bit early. On Nitro, K-Dog says it feels weird being in the ring without the wolf pack, but he's thought things over and he says, and I quote, Nash and Lex are a pair of Mark Ass Busters. It still doesn't sound nearly as cool when I say it. Conan's concluded that Lex and Nash were working with Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff all along. He remembers times outside the ring when the Wolfpack spotted Hogan and no action was ever taken because Nash wouldn't allow it. And while Conan appreciates the Wolfpack putting him on the map and he appreciates the Wolfpack getting him back in shape when he needed some help, K-Dog is now completely done with his old friends. Nash and Lex turn their backs on Conan, they turn their backs on the people, and now they'll have to deal with Conan being up their asses like a pair of tight jeans. Conan ends it by sending one last message to Nash, if you ain't the lead wolf, the view never changes. And again, WCW have been presented with a great opportunity to build another guy up. Conan's very much over with the fans of WCW and not only that, he's a very good and sometimes underrated pro wrestler. Will WCW fumble the ball once again when presented with this golden opportunity? Well, let's just wait and see. The odds aren't in K-Dog's favour though, that's for sure. On Nitro, the Faces of Fear reunite to take on Mike Enos and Bobby Duncan Jr. On Raw, Steve Blackman takes on Dan Severn. Okay, so on Sunday Night Heat, the dojo was back in full swing with Blackman taking on Owen Hart in a Lions Den match. The dojo wanted to get revenge for Owen breaking Severn's neck, but Severn once again turned his back on Sensei Blackman and the future of the dojo is now in serious jeopardy. Steve has to pay rent on a new training facility too, so if he beats Severn tonight, Dan the man has to pay the bill. If Severn wins, then Blackman not only has to pay the rent, but he also has to close the dojo forever. No more training, no more Sensei Blackman. Blackman started off really well, Dan got his ass kicked and Blackman even performed a takedown. Things then took a bad turn as Severn took Blackman down and Big Stevie Cool took a few slaps around the head. Stevie gets back up and he knocks the wind out of the beast with this slam right here and after putting Dan down again, Blackman goes for the most electrifying move in sports entertainment today, the Mavug Elbow, but he misses. Taking everything he's learned from Blackman, Severn tries the exact same move and he too misses. So Blackman gets up, he hits the Blackman torpedo, Dirty Dan hits a low blow and Blackman wins via DQ. Dan has to pay this month's rent but he's not happy about it so he locks in a dragon sleeper. Steve doesn't care though, our boy's got money to spare and he's gonna donate that money to the local children's orphanage right after Raw, what a hero. So Barbarian and Ming are back together once again and they are competing in the WCW Tag Team Title Tournament. We unfortunately don't get a winner in this one because, like the Thunder match, the NWO make an appearance. The boys return in their limousine and they see what Flair did to Eric Bischoff, so they march down to the ring, they take everyone out, and Kevin Nash reminds fans that this tag team title tournament isn't gonna happen. 
As Hogan begins talking, Nash approaches Kurt Hennig and he wonders why Kurt's not wearing his NWO shirt. It's subtle and nothing comes of it on this episode of Nitro, but seeds are definitely being planted. Hogan accepts the Flair match at Super Brawl even though Flair said Hogan had no choice, and Hogan also says that from now until Super Brawl, the two united NWO factions are going to make Flair's life a living hell. Hulk then compares Eric getting his head shaved to stripping the colors off the Hell's Angels, seriously, and Hogan blobbers on so much that Scott Hall has to give him the cue to stop talking. As soon as Scott whispers to Hogan, the promo comes to an end. So it's new colors for some of the NWO boys, but it's also the same old NWO we've been watching for years now. Pretty uninspiring stuff right here unfortunately that I really do wish was better. Dear Steve Austin, My son Shane has taught me an invaluable move for our Royal Rumble encounter, the Stone Cold Stunner. That's right Austin, I, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, can pull off a better stunner than you can. My stunner will break your neck, shatter your balls, and make shit fly out your ass right at the point of impact. I've also been dumping some top-tier performers over the top rope in preparation for the rumble match, and my god, I'm ready. I'll see you this Sunday, Stone Cold, you fucking punk. You're going down at the pay-per-view. On Raw, we've got that Mankind vs Bossman hardcore match. On Nitro, it's Disco Inferno taking on Wrath. It's a little odd seeing the WWF Champion in a hardcore match in the middle of Raw. The match begins in the back, but the competitors make their way down to the ringside area with Mankind in control. Remember, Mankind has an I Quit match this Sunday, and here he is having a hardcore match against the Bossman. In the ring, Bossman swings it around with a few punches to the head, but the WWF Champion comes back with a jumping clothesline followed by a leg drop. Bossman gets choked out on the middle rope and Foley rocks Bossman with a corner knee strike. It goes to the outside once again and Bossman fights back with a back suplex right on a steel chair. This looked very painful indeed. It gets back in the ring where Mick takes more right hands, but the crowd stay firmly in Mick's corner. Bossman launches Mankind into the turnbuckles and the two bump heads. They both get up and Foley hits the double arm DDT and there it is, Mr. Socko. While Bossman's locked in the mandible claw, the rock shows up and he swings a chair right to the back of Mankind's head. A sign of things to come, maybe. Rock goes on commentary and he says he's got a little gift for the millions of millions of Rock's fans, and that gift is a rock bottom to Mankind right on top of the steel chair. Mankind has been annihilated on Raw's War and the Rock's looking good heading into the Raw Rumble. Keep in mind though that Rock's got a main event match tonight and Rock also broke the golden rule. Backstage, The Rock then has a meeting with Kane, Vince and Shane McMahon. Vince explains to Kane that this main event match he's got tonight was booked by Shawn Michaels. The match will happen, but it also won't happen. McMahon wants to make sure Kane understands that he won't need to wrestle Rocky tonight in the ring, but we aren't sure if the Big Red Machine got the message. Disco 
Michael's not only wearing his Wolfpack shirt tonight, but he's also got on red and black tights. He didn't come to the ring with the rest of the NWO in the previous segment, but it does seem he's now part of the group, or at least he's an ally. As Raph starts beating the snot out of Disco Inferno, Tony Schiavone says Alex Wright was supposed to be here tonight, but he didn't show up. Tony also says he just thought he would stooge that information off while on commentary, and something tells me this was legitimate. There's no reason for Tony to lie about this. Still, it did make me cry a little. Back to the match and Disco takes a time out to say members of the Wolfpack should not get treated the way Raph's treating the Inferno right now. The match resumes with Raph performing a scoop slam and a tilt word backbreaker, but here comes Scott Hall holding his cattle prod. By some miracle, Disco performs a swinging neckbreaker, a jumping clothesline and a second rope elbow drop though Raph kicks out. The Inferno fields the hit a pile driver though and Raph makes him pay with a big dropkick that sends Disco out to the floor, and Disco gets punished for his crimes beside the guardrail. Raph then performs a slingshot back elbow, he follows this up with a death penalty. Scott Hall then gets involved when he jumps in the ring and Raph takes him out, but this gives Disco a chance to hit the blockbuster and my god, Disco Inferno defeats Raph on WCW Nitro. Disco's stock shoots up while Raph hits an all time low. Scott Hall and Disco celebrate on the rampway, the commentators called this one of Disco's biggest wins ever, and this confirms that Disco's definitely involved with the NWO to some degree. China cuts a promo next on Raw, while over on Nitro, Scott Steiner takes on Perry Saturn. On Sunday Night Heat, China said that Mark has 24 hours to come clean. Mark's been a bad boy apparently, and he needs to come out and tell everyone what happened. Mark comes out, Mark's mom is in the audience for this one too, and Mark begs China not to do it, whatever it is. He says, yes, he lied, but he didn't do the wild thing, and he begs China not to show the tape. The commentators are just as confused as the fans are, but China tells the guys in the truck to roll the footage and this can't be good, can it? Last week, Mark and Sammy got a bit too friendly and, well, things got hot and heavy. When Mark put his hands in between Sammy's legs though, he got a sausage surprise and look at Mommy Henry's face, she's just as stunned as what Mark was. Mark throws up after the revelation and back in the ring he throws up again in his mouth. China says she would never get it on with Mark if they were the last two people on earth. She apologizes to Mommy Henry, and it ends with Mark taking a low blow from the ninth wonder of the world. Mommy Henry's very upset with her son, she scolds him at ringside and after commercial break she smacks her son's ass for being a bad boy. The Stooges have to wrestle China later on, but the Stooges can't decide who's going to get the pinfall victory. Sounds like the boys are having some issues of their own. On Nitro, Scott Steiner interrupts a Nitro girl's dance routine and things get a bit weird. Big Papa Pump needs a little romancing tonight and it looks like any Nitro girl would do right now, but clearly no one's interested in the big bad booty daddy. Steiner tells Kimberly he beat her husband like a dog, but shockingly this pickup line didn't work. Buff Bagwell then joins Scott for his entrance and yeah, that's Buff Bagwell alright. I've… I've no comment. Scott says he saw someone backstage wearing a dress with ugly tattoos and an ugly face. Bobby Heenan says here that Shivani's mother must be in the building, but Scott's referring to one Perry Saturn and Scott wants to fight Perry tonight on Nitro. Saturn comes out, he's looking absolutely ravishing, and Buff Bagwell says Saturn looks even more ridiculous than what he does. What do you guys think? Scott questions Perry's sexuality and Perry doesn't take too kindly to this. The match gets underway and Perry flashes Scott when Big Papa Pump gets knocked out of the ring, looks like Perry's embracing it. On the outside, Scott picks a fight with Krusty and Krusty backs down. 
back in the ring, Saturn completely manhandles Steiner and he even hits his springboard leg drop, but a low blow turns it all around. Buff Bagwell gets involved as usual just before it goes to the outside, and after Steiner gets done beating up Saturn, he gets a Michigan cap from a fan in the audience, Big Papa Pump's absolutely loving it. Back in the ring, the cap gets knocked off when Saturn gets a boot up in the corner, Perry then puts Scott's head under his dress and he proceeds to punch Mr. Steiner over and over again, he's making it work guys. Saturn then has a chance to win it with a big splash but Bagwell gets on the apron and the cover gets broken. After taking Buff out, Perry goes for a death volley driver but Buff gives Scott a hand and Perry ends up taking a belly to belly suplex. Scott then locks in the recliner and Saturn doesn't give up, instead he passes out and the referee awards the match the big pop up pump. Was kinda expecting a bit more out of these two but it wasn't bad. Bagwell playing the role of Vincent for Scott Steiner matches is starting to wear a bit thin though. Al Snow takes on Goldust next on Raw, on Nitro Kevin Nash and Lex Luger cut a promo. The winner of this Raw match gets Head, yeah you heard me right. Head got itself a Goldust makeover but Al Snow looks to be in good position to claim his guiding light back early on in the match. Snow spots Head at the announce table and he leaves the ring. This leads to Goldust following close behind and Al gets dropped on the ring steps. Jerry Lawler announces a special WWF show taking place at the end of the month, it's called Halftime Heat. The show's gonna take place during halftime at the Super Bowl and no, I won't be covering it because I already did ages ago. I'll remind you to check that one out when the time comes. Goldust takes control back in the ring with a big right hand, Snow gets thrown to the other side of the ring and he seems to be really enjoying this. Al then gets dumped back first on the canvas and it seems to be all over for poor Al. But then, out of nowhere, Snow performs a running crossbody and he scores the win with a Mahistral Cradle. The finish was so out of the blue that the fans didn't really know how to react. Teddy Long gives Al Snow head in the middle of the ring, but Al then decides to swing head at Goldust and he misses. To pay for his sins, Al takes a spinebuster, he then gets set up for shattered dreams, Mr. Snow gets kicked in the snowballs and Goldust once again takes head. As Goldust leaves, Al lies on the mat and he screams, I want head, I need head. Top tier work right here from the WWF. We learned that Steve Austin's still in the building following this match, Austin must have something planned, and we also see Patterson and Briscoe still arguing over who gets the 1-2-3 in their match against China. Kevin Nash cuts to the chase on Nitro and he says Conan would still be jerking the curtain in the first match if it wasn't for Big Sexy. Nash and Lex Luger think K-Dog has no heart, no endurance and no soul, and Kev says if you're the lead wolf and the view never changes, Conan must have had an excellent view standing behind Big Sexy. <laughs> very good, very good. Lex says Elizabeth was a sight to behold last night, it sold out, Kev says she paints a nice picture, and Lex then addresses Rey Mysterio. Lex says his leg is bigger than Rey Mysterio and as for his mask, the mask that means so much to Rey, Lex says he'll take it off if Rey really wants to fight him tonight on Nitro. Now if Rey hands the mask over to Luger backstage then the NWO will let bygones be bygones, so Mysterio has 15 minutes to make a decision. Backstage, Scott Steiner's in the Nitro Girls dressing room and he's creeping on Kimberly Page again. He says Kimberly needs his body and he says Big Papa Pump has a better body than DDP. And security have to come in to tell Scott to stop being such an unhinged dirtbag. Scott's acting completely innocent, he's like, but she wants me, she needs me. Clearly though, Kimberly Page wants nothing to do with Scotty Steiner.
The Undertaker's here on Raw tonight, while over on Nitro it's Juventud Guerrera vs Psychosis. Midian shows up on Raw first and he's lost his mind. He says there's gonna be another sacrifice in six days. He then begins losing his train of thought as the commentators look on in disbelief. But when the druids begin chanting, Midian dashes back up the entranceway. Midian sits down as he awaits the arrival of the Undertaker, and there he is, dead man walking. Undertaker sits on his throne and he says, Seven days ago we all witnessed a rotting soul becoming one with the power of the darkness. Midian was a forgotten face, he was abused by the corrupt politics of the world, but now he can see what we can't. Midian has been given everlasting life but the sacrifices are not over. The next sacrificial lamb will be led to slaughter this week at the Rumble, attend if you dare. Undertaker tells the fans to let the Lord of Darkness be their saviour and allow the purity of evil to guide them, and then the Undertaker's symbol gets set on fire once again. The Ministry of Darkness will be at the pay-per-view this week, it's just a guessing game now in regards to who's gonna join them. On Nitro, this match tells us that the LWO is truly over as former members Juventud Guerrera and Psychosis go at it. Hoovy pulls off a nice step up head scissor takedown just before Nitro takes a commercial break, and when we come back it's Psychosis leading the way with a spinebuster. Psychosis becomes my favourite cruiserweight of all time when he applies a chin lock, and Hoovy continues to get wrecked when he gets drop kicked to the outside and suplexed back inside the ropes. Psychosis gets a bit too confident and he misses a corkscrew moonsault. He quickly gets back to his feet though to intercept Hoovy when Guerrera jumps from the top rope. Hooventude then goes for a top rope hurricane runner but he gets his little Hoovy driver smashed and Psychosis follows this up by diving to the outside. Hoovy got a horn stuck in his head. Guerrera takes a dropkick to the back of the head but he's able to put Psychosis down before signalling for the driver. Psychosis counters it though and when the two head back upstairs, Hoovy goes down after a sit down front suplex. Surprisingly, Psychosis then picks up the win following a very impressive top rope leg drop. Hoovy seems to win way more matches than he loses so it was refreshing seeing Psychosis get a clean victory here on Nitro. It was also good to see the cruiserweights wrestle in R number 3 for a change. We've got Flexi Lexi vs Rey Mysterio in the Nitro semi-main event, on Raw it's China vs Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe. So this match is happening because the Stooges messed up and they cost Vince an arm wrestling match against China on heat. Patterson and Briscoe wanted to make it up to Vince, so China decided to take both Stooges on in a 2 on 1 match. Briscoe thinks he's being slick at the opening bell but China's got Briscoe's number, so Patterson comes in and Pat ends up on the receiving end of a deadly finger lock. He then tries an airplane spin but he messes himself up in the process, so Briscoe comes back in, he takes an atomic drop, and China's now beating up both guys at the same time. Briscoe inadvertently headbutts Patterson right on the dick and this gives Pat a great idea. He tries to low blow China and he seems confused as to why it didn't do any damage. So China applies a double wiener lock and China takes a seat while the Stooges begin arguing. Pat then pushes China off the top rope and that's when Sable makes an appearance, no idea why. Luna shows up and she attacks Sable with a strap. Sable faces Luna in a strap match this Sunday so yeah, a quick way to promote the match I guess. Check it out, back in the ring Briscoe pulls off the Stooges elbow. Not bad but he should really stop stealing Steve Blackman's moves. The Stooges then can't agree on who gets to pin China so they start fighting among each other and China takes advantage. But Jerry Briscoe found some Snow White that Commissioner Michaels left in the corporate locker room a few weeks ago and China gets blinded. 
Things then get weird, very, very weird. The Stooges start inappropriately touching China and even the crowd gasp in disbelief when they do this. China makes these dirtbags pay with a double clothesline followed by a few DDTs and China stacks her opponents up for a pinfall win. They're definitely getting away with murder over in the WWF at the moment, nothing's off limits it seems but there you go. China wins the match and China makes history this Sunday when she enters the Royal Rumble match. On Nitro, Ray obviously didn't hand over his mask to Lex Luger backstage. Lex is disappointed that Ray came out wearing the mask and also wearing his LWO shirt, but he gives Ray one more chance to hand the shirt and the mask over. Ray says no, so Lex goes on the attack. Lex manhandles Ray, he throws him all over the ring before ripping the shirt off his back again. Ray shows a lot of heart when fighting back and the crowd pop for a springboard leg drop, and Ray even manages to pull off a Bronco Buster followed by a split-legged moonsault. Ray's fire gets put out with a big power slam. Kevin Nash then begins walking down the ramp so Ray's chances aren't looking good right now. Lex performs a vertical suplex and he toys with Mysterio by pulling off a press slam and Kevin Nash is now laughing his ass off on the outside. Lex tries to take the mask off but Mysterio fights back. Ray gets a second wind and he goes for broke but the total package is just too strong and Ray goes down after an inverted atomic drop and an atomic forearm. When Ray tries to fight back once again, Kevin Nash comes into the ring. So Ray wins via DQ, but he sure doesn't look like a winner right now. Mysterio just won't give up. The crowd pops as Ray attacks Luger and he puts Nash on the mat with a dropkick. But Ray just pissed Big Kev off and Nash hits Ray with a jackknife. Lex puts Mysterio in the torture rack and now the NWO boys want to remove that mask, but Conan runs down to save his friend. This leads to Nash and Luger getting out of the ring. Nash taunts K-Dog on the rampway, but even though the NWO beat Ray up pretty badly, they still failed in their mission. Ray Mysterio still has his mask and that's all that matters. We then go backstage where Scott Steiner continues to pursue Kimberly Page. Again, he's acting all innocent and he says he just wants to talk, but Kimberly wants Scott to leave. Scott won't budge. He says he beats up DDP for Kimberly and all the other Nitro girls are jealous because Big Papa Pump wants Mrs. Page. But once again, Scott gets pulled away by security before things can get any worse. Raw ends this week with Kane vs The Rock. On Nitro we've got Scott Hall vs Bam Bam Bigelow vs Goldberg. Disco Inferno comes out with the bad guy and Scott makes Disco dance. Disco's gonna do anything Scott Hall tells him to do. Goldberg makes his entrance, Scott and Disco get out of the ring and they taunt Goldberg from the rampway and it looks like the guys completely forgot that Bam Bam Bigelow's a part of this match. Bigelow attacks both men on the rampway and in the ring Bigelow and Goldberg team up to take Hall out. A little payback right here for Sold Out. This goes on for quite some time and in the end Scott gets wrecked so badly that he just falls out of the ring. So Bam Bam attacks Goldberg and we aren't seeing much wrestling here are we? It's just guys punching and kicking each other which I guess isn't really a bad thing depending on the guys involved. Goldberg hits a hard back elbow followed by a hard kick. Scott Hall gets back in the ring to break up a cover and now Scott and Bam Bam begin working together to take out Billy Boy. Unfortunately this doesn't work as Goldberg fights back and he spears Scott and Bigelow at the same time. This was pretty awesome and the crowd goes batshit crazy for the move, well done. Scott takes a jackhammer, the NWO run down to attack Bill, don't act surprised. 
Things are looking a bit bleak for Goldberg, but here comes Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen to even the odds. For once, a faction's actually fighting back against the NWO, and this took way too long to happen. The Horsemen destroy the New World Order, Hogan and Scott Hall manage to escape, and Nitro goes off the air with Ric Flair chasing after Hogan's limousine. It's a familiar DQ ending involving the NWO, but at least they changed it up a bit this time. On Raw, the corporation get together in the ring and Vince tells the fans not to get their hopes up. Vince then tells Rock and Kane to do the finger poke routine and everyone can go home. That's right, McMahon wants a finger poke of doom in the Raw main event. It's crazy how everyone forgets about this. Kane watched Nash vs Hogan and he's like nah mate I'm not doing that, so he defies Mr McMahon and the corporation end up attacking the big red machine. The crowd boos, Rock lays in the right hands and they chant for Austin to come out to help Kane, but Rock ends up telling his corporate buddies to back off and he tells the timekeeper to ring the bell. This match is gonna happen. Rock, wearing his $500 shirt and his dress shoes, lays in more right hands but Kane comes back by throwing Rock into the corner. The corporate champ then takes a few uppercuts, the crowd's completely behind Kane right now, but the fans get silence when Rock comes back with a DDT. Rock then goes on commentary to announce he's gonna check Kane into the Smackdown Hotel. Kane then goes for a chokeslam and he gets kicked in the balls for his efforts, and Rock then says on commentary that it just felt like he kicked a pillow. Back in the ring, Kane remembers that he's a monster and he makes Rock back off after no selling a few punches. Rock takes a few right hands this time, but Kane goes down after a clothesline and Rock hits the corporate elbow. This one should be all over. Rock thinks he's got it all figured out, but Kane wakes up and Rock ends up taking a choke slam. Tess gets dropped too and he jumps on the apron, and this one's also gonna end in disqualification as the corporation launch another attack on their own teammate. Mick Foley comes out with a steel chair and Rock gets out of the ring. What Rock wasn't expecting though was a Texas rattlesnake waiting for him at the entranceway. Mankind ends up smacking Rock across the back, the crowd goes wild, and that's the final build complete for the 1999 Royal Rumble. Tough call this week, again Nitro had the better matches with Booker T vs Chris Jericho and Psychosis vs Hoovy, but they also had the worst match ever, David Flair vs Eric Bischoff. The NWO also felt really tired and played out this week for some reason. On the WWF side, I think Raw was just about serviceable this week for a pay per view go home show. It was okay, but nothing special, none of the matches really stood out, but they gave fans a decent ending which the WWF's always pretty good at. I'm gonna say it's a tie. So this week Raw stays on 83 points, Nitro's got 67 and we've now got 19 ties on the board. In the TV ratings, Raw wins with a 5.6, Nitro got a 4.9. The 1999 Royal Rumble's up next where Mankind defends his WWF title against The Rock in an I Quit match. We'll also see what happens when Stone Cold and Vince McMahon kick off the Royal Rumble match itself, and we'll also see who earns themselves a WWF title shot at this year's WrestleMania event in Philadelphia. Make sure you check out the Royal Rumble review this Sunday, and if you want to see videos early, head over to the Patreon page. Thank you very much for watching, and please take care.